From socialservice.sg, I'm Jing Yao. This is the Nine Days Podcast, covering the 2020 general election in Singapore. This series, which we have titled, What Can We Learn? We chat with academics and experts to understand the election through more analytical lenses. Three weeks ago, I asked veteran journalist Bertha Hansen about her experience of reporting an election and the election issues to which she is paying attention. Today, on the eve of cooling off day, we ask her how GE 2020 compares to past general elections, how she's been following the election, as well as what she thought of the overall campaign. Um, so madam, tell us what has been your daily routine in the past few days. So, I mean, imagine you must be reading the news, trailing candidates and uh, reporting about the election. Actually, to be honest, I've not done any trailing of candidates. I mean, the only one I sort of trailed was the PAP East Coast team. And that's just because I bumped into them at my hawker centre. So I was you know, very interested to know what, what they are doing, what they're thinking, what are people's reactions to them. So I just trailed them for an hour and had a little chat with all the candidates. Uh, well, I don't have media accreditation. and um, so that really locks me out from a lot of things. I can't even enter nomination centers. And uh, though I freelance for Yahoo Singapore, I write, I write columns more than do reporting. I once, you know, tried to get on board. I was thinking maybe I should get on one of those uh, press conferences. But then I was told it was so rigidly structured that I'd be lucky if I land one question in, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just, it's just, it doesn't seem like election time. So I, I suppose that's both the boon and bane of a digital election. On the one hand, I get info near instantaneously. And the other hand, I'm quite restricted in reporting and asking questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can blame the circuit breaker measures because it was a physical event. I would have certainly tried to gate crash them. <laughs> yeah. But how does the current election, G2020 this year, compare to the past many, many elections you've covered? <laughs> Don't make me sound so old. <laughs> last time I mean, we spoke, you mentioned you had um, seven general elections. That was the last I, time. I don't want to count anymore, right? <laughs> I mean, first of all, this is a very sedentary election. I mean, for people like me. Uh, so that's for the, you know, the media side, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But secondly, I mean, this election is so strange because I call it the PPP election. You know, it's the Pofma, Pomata, and Petition election. <laughs> so, I, I mean... This is the first election where Pofma is being used, yep. you know. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I, I, don't even, I can't even keep track, really, of how many Pofmas have been issued. But I must say that it can't be comfortable, you know, for the civil servants who have the job of issuing Pofmas, you know. In fact, it calls into question that arm's length distance that civil servants and party politicians should have, uh, especially since Pofmas are never issued to the PAP. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I think... This use of POFMA and, and some pretty strong PAP statements have led to some kind of backlash from ordinary citizens. So they pull Mata instead. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. they can't POFMA, so they go the other channel, the police report channel. Yeah? Yep. And um, then, of course, there's the petition. Uh? Online petitions have been gaining ground and, you know, they seem to be continuing during this general election. too. Mm -hmm. So people are, are seem more energised in some way. Uh, or it could simply be that social media and digital channels have made expression easier. I mean, you know, you can make a police report online, no? Mm -hmm. I, I won't be surprised if, you know, uh, someone says something about 
the easy usage of police reports and yeah. the waste of police time and just waiting for someone to say something. <laughs> yeah, and and of course, you said this is the first, um, not the first, but this is a digital election in that sense. And so um, instead of having physical rallies, we've had the constituency broadcast. So what did you make of the party political broadcast and of the many, many constituency broadcasts, um, which one stood out to you? I think the party political broadcasts are just the usual. Uh, it's basically their manifesto and what they are standing on. So this time the PAP goes on about jobs and how it's the only party which can deliver. Mm-hmm. And the opposition repeats some of its past platforms uh, under the umbrella of denying the PAP a supermajority. So, you know, so that's quite usual. In fact, I think we can see more of the same tonight when yeah. the, the party poly- political broadcasts are on. Now, the constituency broadcasts, they were really interesting in the beginning. Uh, uh, and uh, I mean, to hear ministers talk about mundane matters, like, are you going to get a cover what way? <laughs> I also think it was so interesting to see, you know, people whom I've never seen make the news suddenly appear. You know, mm. now I can see, stick a name to a face. Yeah. <laughs> but it got rep- repetitive. And um, I think after day one, I wrote a column about how I thought this could be improved. And that uh, I asked for those seeking re-election to tell us about the record as parliamentarians and give some idea of how the town council is managed. Mm -hmm. Instead, we get this litany of infrastructure projects, which I'm not even sure, you know, politicians should take credit for, you know? I mean, aren't this supposed to have been decided, set in stone, pre-planned by government agencies already? No, so I'm a little flummoxed at the way it's going. Um, As for what stood out, which stood out, I think it was the Reforms Party's (laughs) broadcast for Ang Bokyo. I cannot believe that, you know, you just have two out of five candidates talking. I mean, to yeah. me, this is your opportunity and you don't want to take it. And then yeah. you said that, what did, he, what did uh, Kenneth Jaranam say? That uh, he offered to do it offline or, or whatever, yeah. different place and ELD says no. Then what happened to the other two? So, yeah. you know, it's very bad politics. And there was a no-show yesterday as well. So there was, <laughs> yeah, there was a no-show for one of the other constituencies also. Oh, I have to tell you that I didn't watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I yeah. stopped watching. And, and this is something we talked about before we started this, which is like, it's exhausting to follow the online platforms. There's so many of them, right? So, right. you know, how, we just say how exhausting it must be to follow the different platforms and to choose which one to follow in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm having a tough time. I mean, I have to like, flip from you no know, live Facebook to I don't know what news reports and then I have to see what people are saying about it. It's actually very exhausting. I mean I can be stuck on my seat for hours just trying yeah. to catch up. I mean I like what the workers party is doing. Mm-hmm. I think their digital channels are very good. Mm-hmm. I mean the hammer show is very well done. Uh and all their social media messaging is very to the point. Uh, I mean they answer questions that have been raised. Like I think after PM's Fullerton lunchtime rally, they had all their responses up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So it's quite slick. Yeah. I wish, of course, the Hammer show, you know, could be moderated by somebody else besides one of them. Huh? Yeah. I think that would have made it a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. But there are just too many things to keep tabs on. And for me, it is very difficult because I write columns. Mm-hmm. And columns are so easily overtaken by events. Yeah. So, so that's a, a bit tiring. Yeah. 
And someone might ask, you know, in reporting, even when it was like, remember back we reported for the middle ground and in fact for the many rallies, there are always many rallies going on at the same time as well. What's the difference between reporting at the different physical rallies versus like flipping through different channels and different social media or different internet platforms this time around? Well, I think the fact that I had people like you to help out <laughs> at the different physical rallies was already made it very different, right? Mm, you know? yeah. So right now, I'm doing it alone. Uh, my, my students have graduated. You know, mm. They're all reporting in other media. So, well, basically, it's, I'm a one-man show, la, if you want yeah. to call it a show. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the, the broadcast, but in my mind, it seems like this particular election has revolved around a very specific set of issues like 10 million figure, the NTMP scheme, and of course, bread and butter um, issues about the pandemic. So you know, what other issues could we have talked about, could we have addressed? Or I think I asked this because I remember seeing your Facebook posts, your many Facebook posts. One of them was about taking it back on track because it seems like this is an election that's gone off track, so to speak. So what other issues could we have addressed or talked about during this election? I think, first of all, I want to say something about what has been raised. Yeah? Like that 10 million population figure, I was actually quite surprised at the way the PAP attacked the SDP mm-hmm. because the figure has been floating around uncontradicted. And, um, and, you know, this is one election where the NCMP is being made such a big deal of. And I don't remember this in other elections. Mm-hmm. I mean, most times I remember as a reporter, the NCMP is like an afterthought. You know? After you get the results, they say, Oi, what happened to NCMP? Who's going to take it up? And then, yeah. you know, then you start thinking and looking, you know. But as an election platform, I don't think so that this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, as for bread and butter issues, well, I haven't seen very much except what the PAP says about 100 jobs and yeah. training places. 100,000, you mean? 100,000 jobs yeah. in training places. And they're quite careful about the phrasing. You know, they're, they're calling it job opportunities rather than jobs, as in full-time, well-paying jobs to last you a lifetime kind of a thing. So, um, so that's the big um, policy platform. And then only recently, okay, uh, we've started hearing about the uh, redundancy insurance and wages you know. it's something the opposition has always talked about but it's never really gone up there and sort of made the news mm-hmm. and today I see that SM Taman has weighed in yep. talking about social policy and you know, what, what, he, what the PAP's position is yeah. um, but beyond that this election has been a strange election um, and the PAP says that you know, it wants to focus on continuity and that really mm, flummoxed me. I, I mean, I thought that a big crisis would lead to you know, the need for more out-of-the-box thinking. You know? But this isn't so. So, And most of the time, I think if you ask people what they remember of this GE, it'll probably be about you know, what he said, she said, shouldn't have said what you mean to say. You know? mm-hmm. Are you saying things right or saying things wrong? Mm-hmm. And would you agree with, if I said like this was like a... I feel like it's a missed opportunity because in the context of a pandemic, uh, we know the economic fallout, unemployment fallout will be pretty drastic, probably unprecedented. So 
you know, do you feel like it's a missed opportunity in terms of so many issues we have talked about over the nine days, but we never just got the chance Not to talk about it. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I, I, I was thinking that, you know, it laid bare our vulnerabilities, you know, as the PAP itself says. You know, but instead of looking at things like our dependency on foreign workers, for example, you know, I mean, we are, we are talking about, oh, how many EPs we should give out? You know, or how many work, work permit passes we should give out? You know, it's so nitty-gritty, whereas I would have thought we would have looked at the issue as a whole, you know, or like, say, fiscal policy. I mean, it talks a lot, uh, uh, PAP talks about, you know, using reserves and how we're in such a great position, mm-hmm. yeah? Yeah, I mean, I thank my grandfather, my great-grandfather for this, you know, not mm-hmm. exactly the current government, although you could say that it, the, the, the party was the one which kept it this way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's say fiscal policy, the point about uh, whether more should go to uh, manpower rather than capital uh, in terms of the division of, the, the, of labour, mm-hmm. Uh, what about income inequality, for example? Yeah. Mr. Um, SM Taman spoke about it, but not income inequality per se, but more about raising opportunities, you know, delivering opportunities and raising the level of the low-wage workers. You know? mm-hmm. So he's talking about one and uh, not much was said about reducing you know, inequality, yeah. which could mean other you know, forms, other policies that also relate to the higher income. Yeah. So, so in a sense, I, I find it a pity. You know, now we are looking at basically continuity. You know, this is a time for change. In fact, when the PP keeps talking about a new normal, you know, the new normal isn't just about us. You know, I think they have to operate in a new normal too. Mm-hmm. So that's the the strange thing that I that I'm, I'm witnessing in this election. Yeah. And one of the other issues you pointed out was that there was no discussion at all. And I'm surprised by that by um, the HDB lease decay, which is yeah, probably before, agreed. but not, nothing talked about this time around. Yes, I, you know, I, I faced it so many times. I said, what has happened to this verse, right? You know, that, that HDB lease decay thing. You know, surely this is a time to talk about it. It's such a big deal. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is um, I, opposition is trying to talk about super majority, but it hasn't quite made the link, you know, uh, to what a supermajority can mean for democracy or for the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have expected them to make a bigger deal out of uh, the way, uh, you know, POFMA was pushed through mm-hmm. or make a bigger deal about how quickly the, uh, the, the race uh, triggered, you know, uh, hiatus triggered race-based presidential election came about, you know, and this was because the PAP has a supermajority. Mm-hmm. I, I think such very, very fundamental issues should have taken a lot more time. Yeah. So they're not exactly connecting, you know, connecting with people. So they talk about, don't give super majority, don't give super majority. Okay, then why if I give them super majority, what will happen? What has happened? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me why this is bad? So they're not connecting uh, to, to uh, issues which people can understand. Mm-hmm. It's more like theoretical abstract. You know, kind of deny them the right to change the constitution. Full stop. You know. Yeah, I mean, the would you? To my sensing is that the reason why the opposition weren't able to do it was not able to do it was because they didn't have the platform of the physical rallies. Because traditionally, the way at least I remember past elections was that um, what happens is that the night would be the evenings would be the rallies, and the news cycle would be dominated by what happened at the rallies. But this time round, feels like because without their rallies. 
the ruling PEP has been able to kind of define the agenda much more effectively this time around? Well, I think the constituency broadcasts uh, have sort of uh, dominated the news cycle instead. Mm -hmm. you know? So basically, you know, if we didn't have that, it would be the rallies, right? Yeah. But then it's the constituency broadcast. So, you know, so it comes down to, to those reporting about those, those, what they want to do, you see. You see? But I must say that I haven't uh, been able to keep tabs on all the other rallies, the e-rallies that have been going on. You yeah. know, so I don't know if they have brought it up at those e-rallies, you see. I don't see it, you know, in, um, in a mainstream media. You know, you have to go and look for these things. Whereas before it was, as you said, if you said the rally is like presented to us. Now you have to go and look, you know. And I don't think the constituency broadcast is quite a, you know, crowd puller. I agree. And I guess, given all we have said, right, overall, what will, you, what will be your assessment of G2020? How will we remember G2020? I think it's a damp squib, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, I really have no idea what it's about. I thought, right, uh, from very early on, that it would be a vote of confidence in the next generation of leaders. Then I realized that it's not. Uh, it's basically we are voting for Lucien uh, Lung's PAP. So, you know, we are going to be voting for more of the same. And I don't see the, you know, in this election. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what uh, Prime Minister has said about staying on till the you know, outbreak you know, dies off. Yeah. I'm not sure what to make of it, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, is this to assure people that, hey, the old-timers are still in charge. Don't worry, the seniors are here. We'll see it through. And then if that is the case, what does it say about the new fellas? <laughs> so I'm not so sure how to read it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so I don't really know what this G is about. And I think that the, the way the PAP has been going about it, you know, um, it's sort of hectoring. Uh, uh, it has okay, always hectored. Uh, to, to be played. So, they, so basically, their tactics don't seem to have moved on. Their tactics don't seem to have moved on from the past. Mm -hmm. And this is quite a new, new generation already, you know, mm -hmm. to start hectoring and saying, you must vote for us, strong mandate, strong mandate. You have to move with the times and move with the people who are no longer just take what you say and do as you think they, they, should, they would, you know. So I think the PP has to change its tactics too. And that's it for this episode. Be sure to check out socialservice.sg for more content and you can subscribe to our newsletter at tinyletter.com slash socialservicesg. That's tinyletter.com slash socialservicesg. Thank you very much and see you soon.